God bless you all. You may be seated. a few minutes ago about thanking the Lord for having a plow and it is so true if it if we did not have such technology as simple as it might seem we would be going nowhere right now Amen. we uh, take it for granted because such a thing is so ubiquitous in our day and age, but it reminds me, you know, I think I saw an episode once of the Little House on the Prairie. It's a Christmas episode, and they're snowed in, and they, they can't even get out the front door. It's so much snow. They have to climb out the second story to get to the barn from the house to find the Christmas gifts for the kids. Um, glad I never had to live through a snow like that, but, um, but yeah, I suppose some technology is pretty good, right? And it's not so much what the technology is, it's more of how you use it. Amen. Got awful quiet real quick. It, it, it's not so much what the technology is, more about how you choose to use it. You know, in our morning class, talking a little bit about the habits of churches uh, in, in fellowship. And, and Sister Betty and I are talking towards the end of class about how, you know, it, it, things are very different now and life does seem so busy now and, and you might even find Bible about how busy life can get towards the end of time where there is, seems like there is no time. Um, but, you know, I, I, it made me think about, you know, the fact that, yes, that's so true and yet we still have tools that enable us to fellowship if we'll use them. Anybody heard of a, a teleconference, video conference? It's good enough for work, but not good enough for church, right? It's awful quiet in here. I, I don't know. I mean, you might be thinking you're making me uncomfortable. You're not. It's so difficult to make Dan Marvin Deaton uncomfortable. You have no idea. So very difficult. Anyway, yeah, you know, not that we want to rely only on, on such technology, but Specifically about fellowshipping with, with other people, you know. Um, the telephone's right there. The FaceTime or the Skype or the whatever, it's right there. Um, if we would choose to use it, if it's, if it's that difficult to, uh, to drive, if it's that difficult to, to do whatever. Hey, use the technology you got. Use what you got and, and see what the Lord uh, might do in your life. I mean, I... I wasn't planning on talking about that. Um, so that is free, cost us nothing, and we'll just turn our attention towards the book of Daniel today. I want to read a passage there to begin, Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to be reading in the New King James Version today, verses 1 through 5 of Daniel, book of Daniel chapter 6. The Bible here says it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 
satraps to be over the whole kingdom. Now, that's a word we don't really use, and as much as this is the new King James Version, that didn't really help us out. So the modern vernacular here would be governor, and the old English would be prince, and the new English is satrap, but we'll just think about it as a governor, all right? All right. 120 governors over the whole kingdom, over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might, have, might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Everybody say, excellent spirit. An excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Wow. The king's right-hand man. So these other governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And today I want to preach about this thought, playing by the rules. Would you bow your head and ask the Lord's blessing with me today? Heavenly Father, thank you again for your ministering spirit. Feel here today and for these people setting aside time to hear your word, to be with other people of like precious faith, honoring you. Help us, O oh God, to receive from your word, and I pray you help me. God, give me anointing. Touch my mouth. Touch my mind, Lord, that I speak something worth hearing, something from heaven above. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Playing by the rules. Rules exist most of the time, we could say, for structure, for consistency, continuity of whatever the game is that we're playing, right? Predictability and to know what to expect and how to plan and how to strategize. Now, the strategy and the planning in my house, if we're playing a board game, is not to win, it's to make dad lose. Now, that's not in the rule book, no matter what the game is. It's just that they know how much of a sore winner I can be. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Not a sore loser, but a sore winner I can be. In other words, I uh, brag about it after it's done. It didn't matter that they're, you know, six years old, seven years old. Of course I'm going to rub it in their face that I, I won. So the strategy in our house is, is make dad lose, not try to win, at least to some extent, right? And that, you know, it doesn't really matter necessarily what the game is unless it, it forfeits itself of that strategy. It's okay. It's risk time. It's monopoly time. It's Catan time. And this happened recently when I was playing Catan with, uh, I can't remember if it was just with the kids or, or all four of us. And my son deliberately, whether or not he would admit to it, he deliberately cut me off 
in the setup of the game to his own disadvantage thinking that he could use that to his own advantage by the style that Audrey would normally play and deliberately pin me into where I, I, there was absolutely zero chance I could do anything with resources that I would gather uh, and, and, and anything I could collect. It would not matter. I would not be able to play the game. It, 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 folks, it just hacked me off so much that I deliberately gave any resource and anything I could to Audrey so that he would lose. <laughs> I said, fine. You're going to play like that? I'm going to make sure you don't win. And so, you know, the game has resource cards and it has development cards. And I'm even going to the point where I'm trying to give her my development cards to give her free points. And he says, you can't do that. So why not? It's against the rules. And, and, and sure enough, we had to look it up and, and find, yeah, oh, and I, I had forgotten it. I wasn't trying to break the rules. I just had forgotten. All right, well, apparently that was against the rules. But my strategy still worked. It just took a little longer. And, Ad and Audrey won the day. Rules, uh, although they can be printed, sometimes there's variation, there's flexibility, there's a fluidity in rules. You might go to someone's house and play whatever game it might be, and there are what? House rules. It's the way we do things. We know what the rules say, but we have changed it to a different set of rules. And as long as you know that up front, that can be totally okay, right? It can be totally okay. It's just the, the house rules, the way we do things because we like it better this way. Now, I know my, my overhead slide has a picture of everyone's favorite board game, Monopoly. Um... And, and, of course, that's said with a lot of sarcasm because most, well, I don't know if most, a lot. I'll just say a lot, a lot of people don't like to play Monopoly. They don't like it. One, because it can take a long time to finish. And I, this is just my opinion. Another reason why people sometimes don't like to play it is because it's a game that has not very many rules. There's a structure. You have to go... Clockwise, if a card says you have to go to jail, typically you got to go to jail, right? But, but the objective of the game is to own everything, right? And in such a game, and if you read the rule book, you'll notice there's very little there to say you can or cannot do whatever. And so if you have the opportunity to, can we use the word steal? Money, well, some people will just steal the money. But maybe we wouldn't think about it that way. Maybe we would just say, you know what? I landed on their property, and I'm supposed to pay them rent. But they didn't notice, so I'm not going to say anything about it. I can feel my family getting mad at me. Because I like to play Monopoly. They don't, and we barely ever play. Because there's, there's not very many rules to constrain me. And so, yeah, I'm going to be a shyster. I'm going to be cutthroat. I am going to take every advantage to monopolize. Because, hey, that's the game. That is the game. There's almost no rules. 
And uh, even though I, I, a person like me, likes to play a game like that, a lot of people get into the middle of that game. And, and once they realize there's not very many rules and they're playing with someone like me, there goes the board and all the pieces against the wall. <laughs> they just, they don't like it. They can't handle it. And, and I, okay, it's all right. That's all right. But whether the game has a lot of very strict rules whether it's house rules or whether it's very few rules, one thing's very clear is that, is that you can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Because then no one wants to play with you. Because all you're doing is recognizing you're losing. It's not to your advantage. So typically unless it's the strangest of cases where everyone agrees and everyone sees the problem, you don't change the rules in the middle of the game. You change them before the game starts. You change them after the game's finished for the next time so you reestablish the way to play. But you don't change the rules in the middle of the game. Daniel, that we read from and read about today. Bible said where we read that he had an excellent spirit in him. And before it's really established that he has this excellent spirit, we, we know also that he is a very smart and very capable man, right? You don't rise even to the position where he's at without some smarts, right? He was in one of these... Uh, evacuations, one of the sieges of Jerusalem where uh, Babylon had come, Nebuchadnezzar had come and taken away the best of the people first, right? The smartest, the, the wealthiest, the most capable people first into to Babylon. And now he is serving in Persia as Babylon's glory days simply did not last that long. Daniel's the kind of guy, I mean, course they're not playing basketball here but they're building a kingdom they're organizing a kingdom but if it was a basketball team he's the kind of guy that the captain would say I want him on my team he's the kind of guy that gets picked first honored by the king of Babylon honored now by the king of Persia a recognition was given this is a a good guy. You want his brain and you want his loyalty with you. But more than the honor from the king, he honored Lord God Almighty. He was excelled and appreciated by the king and he gave that back to the king. But more than all of that, he honored his God. He prayed to his God. He worshiped his God. He wasn't in his country. He wasn't always comfortable. He wasn't always uh, feeling the way probably that he would have felt if he were in Jerusalem. But no matter what happened or how he found himself, he honored his God because he understood this first and great rule of life. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. How much better would America be if we lived by this great rule? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with everything you've got. Hey, church member, how much better would your life be if you could continuously, consistently live by this first and great rule, or as Jesus called it, the first and great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, every single day. Daniel understood this rule, and he lived it quite well. No, he was a, it was a stranger. He was in a strange land. But it didn't prevent him from honoring God. It didn't prevent him from fulfilling and following this great rule. But he had some jealous and ambitious co-workers. I wonder, anyone here ever have some jealous or ambitious co-workers that have absolutely no problem with throwing you or someone else on the team under the bus and then back the bus over you. Not for the good of the business, just for the good of their, their next five minutes. I don't care to lie about you. I'm here to save my skin. I don't care to treat you bad. I'm here to get, get ahead for me. He had some jealous and ambitious co-workers who said, though they searched every day, we cannot find anything that this guy is doing wrong. We cannot find any rule he is breaking. He never jaywalks. He never speeds. Never seems to lose his temper. We can't find it. So we've got to find a way to change the rules of the game. We got to find something he'll do wrong against his own God. They changed the rules during the game because they were losing. But folks, the secret here is that Daniel wasn't even playing the same game that they were. He refused to play by their rules because he was not playing the same game. The game he was playing transcended them. And in his mind and in his heart and in his soul and in his very being and every fiber thereof, it cried out, I will serve the Lord my God. Him only will I serve. I will love him with my whole heart, my whole soul, my whole mind, everything within me. That's the first fundamental, most important rule for my life. We like to think that certain things are very well established. Certain principles, certain, certain facts are very well established. You know, why? 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 Because it helps us play the game of life. Right? Uh, just, just for example... Law, right? Law is, is much easier to follow if it doesn't change every day. 
It's a big problem in our country right now because we have ceded so much power into the office of the presidency that every four years we can see a lot of laws change. Simply by who, who's willing to enforce what laws we have. Right? Not, we don't even have to change the law. Just are you going to enforce the law? Are you going to enforce the rules? We need this predictability. We need this structure. We need to know that well, are you going to follow the, the first ten amendments or not? The Bill of Rights, are you going to follow them or not? Do I have freedom of speech? Do I have freedom of religion? And there might be people here thinking, oh, of course we do. What are you talking about? Um, boy, how quickly we forget how our governors wanted to shut our churches down. Hello. You want to follow the rules or you don't want to follow the rules? Do I, do I have freedoms or do I not have freedoms? You know, there's a... A different way that people have framed some of those rights. It, it, they, they call them human rights, right? Human rights. That I, I have certain rights to my name. And some people like to expand them and some people like to shrink them. But they're caught in a nutshell by, by that word or those words. And it, it might mean some different things to different people, but you understand what I mean. That there's certain things that you can't do to me. You can't just come and take my rights away. You've got the freedom of speech, but, but so do I. You've got the freedom and the right to live, but, but so do I. And so your rights stop when they infringe and take away from my rights. Right? And this is the rules of the game. These are the, that's the structure, how, how things are, are played. Some people don't like to play by your rules, by my rules. And even though this is the, the rules of the game, they're trying to change the rules in the middle of the game. There's an author, maybe you could even call him a somewhat of a philosopher, that um, most people wouldn't know the name. Most people would not know the name, although you might know you may have heard of some of the people he gives counsel to, some of the people he's supporting and behind and, and, and talking with. His name's Yuval Harari. He's a part of this um, World Economic Forum movement, talks to Klaus Schwab. You may have heard that name, but these are very powerful, very wealthy, very influential people that think that they have the ability to structure the game of your life. Even though you didn't elect them, even though you didn't ask them, they want to change the game of your life. Now that might sound to a lot of people as like far off and fanciful and, and, and ridiculous, but every year they meet in Europe, and every, meet, every year they gain more traction. Every year they meet, and every year they implement more of a plan to take control from you, to take power from you. It's from this group you get phrases like, you will own nothing and you will like it. Yuval Harari, and this is not something that's hidden, you can find this in, re in a research, speaking about the rules of the game, speaking about human rights, the rights that you have, the rules that you play by. He said, human rights are just like heaven and just like God. It's just a fictional story 
that we've invented and spread around. It may be a very nice story, but it's just a story. It's not a reality. It's not a biological reality. Just as animals have no rights, homo sapiens have no rights also. If you take a human and you cut him open, you find blood, you find a heart, you find kidneys, but you don't find any rights. Well, if you're like me, you felt the cold chill of hell run through you as you hear those words. Could I buy another analogy, Pat, other than cutting people open? Apparently, we have no Wheel of Fortune fans in here. Look him up, Pat Sajak. Anyway, could I buy a different analogy, someone, other than opening people up on the altar of your insanity to not find rights because you have not seen it and you have not smelt it and you have not held it in your hands. I, I want to know, how many times have you seen or held or smelled gravity? How many times have you seen or smelled or held in your hands love? I'm not saying that you don't know what love is. I'm not saying that love is not real. I, I'm saying it's very real, but it, it, it is uh, observable as an effect, right? We know gravity exists because every moment of life we live it. But we don't see it. We see its effect. You ever see the wind, by the way? Me neither. But I have seen trees blowing in the wind. Hey, Christian, you ever see the Spirit of God? No, but I sure have seen the Spirit, the wind of the Spirit blowing upon people. I have seen the effects of the Holy Ghost upon people. I have seen them speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. I know that I know that I know that God is real. I haven't seen him face to face, but he lives within me, deep within my heart, like fire shut up in my bones. He is real to me. And he's not an invented story. How sad an existence, how sad a life to say, just like heaven, just like God, human rights are just invented. Now, I hope it's just sad and it doesn't become horrific because that's the type of thinking that Adolf Hitler had that brings on eugenics, that brings on experimentation on people, that brings on gas chambers because, hey, you know what? You're not important enough to keep alive. Hello? I say some people want to change the game. They want to change the rules of the game. Because it's not going their way as much as they would like. So what did Daniel do when they changed the rules of the game to him, on him? Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, 
with his window open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. In other words, he said, I ain't playing your stupid game. I'm going to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please him. Could I get a witness from a Christian that still believes I'm here to please God and not man? I'm here to serve God and not man. I'm not here to make the king happy. I'm not here to make a political party happy. I'm not even here just to make my family happy. I am here to serve God unreservedly. I'm here to serve him faithfully. I'm here to serve him with my whole heart, my whole soul, all of my strength, all of my might. I'm here to love him with everything that I've got. Do I have a witness from a Christian right now that has a spirit of Daniel that says, let the world do what they want. Let them go crazy all they want. And if it comes down to me being sacrificed, I'd rather serve him faithfully to the very bitter end. Go ahead and toss me in that pit of lions. Now, I don't know how afraid or how scared or how worried Daniel was about things. When the next day or two, they came and arrested him. And as we read the story, we know the king was so distraught over what had happened because he loved Daniel. And he realized so fast, so quickly, his error. But the law could not be undone according to the custom of the Medes and the the Persians is what the Bible says. It could not be undone. And so the king comes to him moments before they're about to put him in this pit. And he says, your God is able, Daniel, to save you from this. We don't know if Daniel was stressed out at all. We don't. The Bible doesn't give us an account. Even if Daniel's the one who wrote this story, we we don't know if he was crying and weeping, if he was just having an anxiety attack to kill all other anxiety attacks. We don't know. We do know that the king was experiencing that. Darius was in his room that night and could not sleep. Uh, He wouldn't listen to any music. He couldn't handle it. He was outside of his mind being tormented about what he had done because he changed the rules. And in the morning, he came back to that same pit. Had the stone removed that sealed it and said, Daniel, are you there, Daniel? I'm here, king. Live forever. Now, now, I mean, if it's me and God actually helped me that much, I probably would have said, yeah, I'm here, scumbag. <laughs> Something to that effect. But, but see, Daniel had an excellent spirit. <laughs> Daniel had an excellent spirit about him. And so he says, yes, king, live forever. I'm, I'm here. And he didn't have to fight. He didn't didn't have to punch anybody. He didn't have to kill anybody. He didn't have to slay anything. He didn't have to raise an army. He didn't have to raise money. He didn't have to do anything other than just follow the rules of God. 
he, he just played the game by the rules of heaven. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might, with everything you've got. Yeah, I'm here. Live forever. The, the Lord sent an angel into this place last night and he shut the mouths of the lions. You know, I love how that sounds. It's, we, we talk about it. We teach about it. We even sing about it. It's great. But you know, lions also have claws. <laughs> lions are, are big and strong and, and I mean, they could kill you without just their mouth, right? And so whether it was a an effect of sleeping, an effect of docility, an effect of I don't know what. He put those kittens in such a good mood. They didn't touch Daniel all night. Or if they did, it was with the gentleness of a lamb. I'm here. I'm preserved. The Lord has protected me. Unfortunately, you know, there is a a spirit in our world moving against Christ, moving against the word of God. Unfortunately, there is a momentum behind uh, this, this, not skepticism, but, but just this evil that says God is a story. Heaven is a story. Your rights are a story. All these things that we believe, we just invented them. Ignoring the rules, ignoring history, ignoring all truth, to have your own truth. Unfortunately, this is the day that we live in, and we, we might feel sometimes that we need to raise the army, raise the money, raise a movement, do something big, do something grand. And, and maybe there's nothing wrong with, with speaking out in an organized fashion against it. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, but let's not get the cart in front of the horse, church. Let's not forget the main thing here. Let's remember that what's most important is, is not to, to do war with the, the perceived enemy, but it's to follow the word of God. To endure to the end. That's who gets saved. Right? He that endures to the end, the same will be saved. Not, not he that slays a thousand of the enemies. He that overcomes them with logic and sense. Hey, talk about people not playing the same game. You think you're going to overcome someone like this with logic and sense? Clearly they don't have any. Clearly, they don't have any. But I do find in Revelation, after many martyrs have been slain and and, and many people for the name and the sake of Christ, I do find their testimony and their witness in that scripture. How did you overcome them? We overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I didn't point to myself and I didn't point to logic. I just pointed to Jesus. For if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. I say if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. If we will lift up Jesus, 
we would accomplish uh, what we're supposed to accomplish. If we preach his word and not our word, we would accomplish something for him and, and, and something worthwhile and, and something lasting. If we would obey scripture, we would be following the rules. If we would serve him with gladness, if we would love him with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of our soul, if we would just submit ourselves to the leading of the spirit, to his mighty word, There's no lion that would consume us. There's no enemy that could overthrow us. Well, you just used the word martyr. That sounds like overthrown. You didn't read closely enough. How did you overcome them? We are the winners whether whether we die or not. We're the winners whether we're martyrs or not. Because we're not here to escape death. Now, how could that be? He said he'd give us eternal life. It's appointed unto man once to die. And then judgment. Judgment for what? The second death. And no one escapes that once they have fallen in. His eternal life is to escape eternal fire, eternal judgment. How did you overcome How did you escape that second death? Through the blood of the Lamb, through the word of our testimony. I played by the rules. I read the instruction manual. I listened to what it said. That's like that's like a a lot of Christian faiths today that that you know. Don't believe in speaking in other tongues. Well, you know, it's in the rule book. Come on. Come on. Oh, I wish I had a witness right now full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 I said it's, it's in the rule book. And if you want to tear it out of your Bible, well, that's, I guess, between you and God. But it will remain in my Bible. I will live it. I will preach it. I will teach it. I, Do I have a witness right now, someone who reads this rule book? A lot of Christian denominations have separated themselves long and far from Jesus Christ is the one true indivisible God. I thought he's the son of God. Well, yeah, he is the son of God. But he's not God, just the son. I said, he's not God, just the Son, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. So however many times and however many ways you want to cut the Godhead up into persons, well, I guess that might be between you and God. But my Bible says, my rule book says all of those persons are in Jesus Christ. I read the rule book. How much easier would it be for you and I if we just would would live by the rule book? Would you stand with me today as our musicians would come? You know, I read this quote by this man that perhaps none of us have heard of before. And so it, it feels so far off, you know, if, if we can't identify with it closer and, and, and more real. It feels, feels 
like it, it doesn't really matter. Well, folks, it, I'm telling you, it, it matters. When you give lunatics power and control, it matters. When the inmates are running the prison, it matters. And we have freedom and we have rights until we don't. Until all of a sudden, we don't. So if you find yourself in Babylon, if you find yourself in Persia, if you find yourself with your world turned upside down, just remember, play by the rules. Not the rules of the world. Play by his rules. Obey the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Because that eternal life is so much greater than anything that we can gain in our short lives here on earth. Can you say amen to that? Why don't you raise your hands towards heaven as we prepare to have a song and love the Lord for a moment. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. We bless that wonderful name. Glory, glory, glory to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. By the Red Sea shore, Pharaoh knows I can't run no more. Waterway too deep and wide. They can't swim and they can't hide. Though he's just a man, Moses raised his hand and the Lord came through. The Lord came through. He heard their cry. He heard their cry. When hope was gone, when hope was gone, he turned the tide. He turned the tide. You can shake your I made myself
again. King Darius and all his men tossed old Daniel in the lion's den. No wrong, but he had to pay for praying to the Lord three times a day. But at the break of dawn, they came looking for his bones, but the Lord came through. The Lord came through. He pulled them out. He tamed the lions and shut their mouths. You can shake your head, but you know it's true. When there was no other way, the Lord came through. Well, the Lord came through. The Lord came through. He shut their mouths. He shut their mouths. Tamed the lions and shut their mouths. You can shake your head, but you know it's true. When the words no other way, the Lord came through. Oh, the Lord came through. He always does. Oh, with His power, with His power, and with His blood. Yes, with His blood. You can shake your head, but you know it's true. Oh, when there was no other way, the Lord came through. Now that's a at least for my generation, it seems like an old song. We've sang that so, so long ago. But you know, the words still ring true. Yes, amen. The Lord came through and he still will. The Lord came through for Daniel. He shut the mouths of lions just like pastor preached. But you know what? He still does. He's a God that was, is, and always was. Changes not. So he did it for Daniel. Something tells me he'll do it for me. He did it for Moses when they're up against the, the Red Sea shore. There's, a, there's nowhere to go. Hey, when you feel like there's nowhere to go, the Lord will come through for you. Hey, when you feel like everybody's against you and they throw you in a pit and it's like, it's done. Hey, the Lord will come through. The Lord will come through, but we have to do our part. We have to do our part. This morning, the, the key word that, that really hit me was steadfast. Steadfast continually. Hey, we need to continually be in His Word. We need to continually be in prayer. We need to continually be focused on Him. Continually lifting Him up. Continually. That doesn't mean on Sunday morning for an hour and a half and then maybe, maybe Wednesday for another hour. No, continually means does not stop. Yes. I've said this before. I, I love the way that, that uh, working with Bishop, I learned a new, new fashion of prayer from Bishop simply because he'll be working, pull, going to the truck to get tools. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for all you're doing. Lord, 
mind. You put somebody on my mind. Can you bless them? Continually. Oh, it doesn't have to be, hey, I'm going to, you know, 24 hours a day, I'm going to sit, kneel in my, my closet to pray. No, it's always in the mind of prayer. Always in the mind of thanksgiving. Always in the mind of lifting him up. Because if we're always in the mind of that, then maybe we'll project that. You know, project that to King Darius that, hey, my God will bring us through. When King Darius said, your God will save you. I don't think that was... I don't think that was God speaking through Darius. I think that was Darius speaking to Daniel from his own experience. Hey, Daniel, I remember when you and your friends friends were in the apartments. I saw what happened. Your God. I know that your God will bring me through. How did that believe? Again, we must put him first. We must continually pray, continually worship, continually lift his name, continually be in thanksgiving, continually be on the mind of God. Pastor, thank you so much for for listening to the word of God and speaking the word of God to us, bringing that word to us, that it may prick our hearts, that it may be written upon our hearts. Thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, today. Lord, for the word that you have spoken to us. Lord, for drawing us, Lord, closer and closer to your will. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you be with us, that you continue with us, that you keep us safe. Lord Jesus, work with us that we may keep you on our mind. Lord, that we may continually press to be in your presence. And we give you the praise. We give you the honor. Lord, for only you are worthy. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, you are are dismissed in the name of the Lord.